You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. I got up this morning and I made myself a nice cup of tea to start off the day. And in order to make that nice cup of tea, I had to do a number of different actions. I started off by switching on the water tap. And so a load of cold water was able to go inside my kettle. And then I plugged my kettle in and I flicked on the power and my kettle started to boil. Then I put the tea bag in to my cup and then I waited for the kettle to finish boiling. And then once it had, the moment it had, in fact, I started to pour the hot water into my cup, onto the tea bag. And then I gave it a stir. And then I took out the tea bag and added a dash of milk. And so what I'm describing to you there is my system for making a cup of tea. And in fact, it's not just one system. It's a system that depends upon other systems. First of all, simply by turning the tap, I was able to get water to flow out of it. That's thanks to a system that has been set up for me to ensure that I can get running water in that way. And then when I plugged the kettle in and flicked the switch, I got power to the kettle as a result of a system. I don't really know how that system works, but my electrician does, and it was set up for me so that all I have to do is flick that switch and I get power to whatever appliance that I've plugged in. And the kettle itself is a system that somebody has designed to ensure that when it gets power and there is water inside, the water will boil. And in fact, the kettle even switches itself off when it's at boiling point. And then the rest of it depends upon me pouring the kettle into the cup, onto the tea bag, giving it a stir, and then adding some milk. And all of that, in fact, depends upon the system that is me. There I was, breathing away, moving my hands. And I wasn't thinking about a lot of that, but I've got these bodily systems that ensure that I'm still here, I'm breathing, my heart is beating, and I'm able to use my hands to stir the teaspoon in the cup as and when I want to. And so all of this is dependent upon systems. I've got a a system for making my cup of tea, even though I don't think of it that way. And all of that is dependent upon my bodily systems, my water systems, or not my water systems, but the house's water systems, and the kettle, which is a system, the electricity system. And in fact, we're surrounded all the time, aren't we, by systems which pretty much always work. All of those outcomes, in fact, were the result of a perfectly working system that reliably creates that outcome over and over and over again. Now, systems are important. Like I say, we might not even think of them as systems, but A system will reliably create the same outcome. And that's what the kettle does. That's what my tap does. That's what my power switch does. I can do them reliably and expect 
a particular outcome. And that tells me that it's a system. But what about failures? Because they were working well. And I said that, you know, we're surrounded by systems that work perfectly most of the time. <clears throat> but what about what about failures? What about the things that we don't want? Surely our systems aren't working well there because they're producing an outcome that we don't want. Well, that's true. But if it's producing an outcome that we don't want reliably, so this keeps happening over and over again, then it still makes sense to think of that in terms of a system because systems will reliably produce the same outcome over and over again. Now, the only thing here is that we've got a system which is creating the things that we don't want rather than the things that we do, which is still a fun way of thinking of it because if we have a system that's producing a result that we don't want and we've created that system, it still makes us a pretty good system engineer. All we have to do then is make some tweaks and some changes in order to build a system that produces a different result. Now, I find this helpful because these systems that we think don't work because they're not producing the result that we want, but they're doing it reliably and repeatedly. So actually, they are fully working systems. We can, we can get overwhelmed, can't we, by how to actually create success. And so these failing systems, if you put it that way, they actually provide us with a clue. And so what I'm going to show you in this podcast is how you can use this concept of systems that don't work for us in order to get ourselves to a place where we design a system that does. And like I say, it's overwhelming. Like, how do we create success, whatever that means for you? That can be quite a difficult question. And we can often shut down in the face of that or feel some panic in that. So I'm going to give you an easier task instead. And that is don't create success, but focus instead on creating failure. Focus instead on creating the opposite of what you want. And so if you want more friends, then think about what the system would look like if you built a system to give you fewer friends. If you want a successful business, then think about what the system would look like to give you an unsuccessful business. If you want to lose weight, build a system to gain yourself weight. And if you want a better relationship with your partner, then come up with a system that will create a terrible relationship. Now, when you think of these failing systems, these systems that give you the opposite of what you want, and you think of the different, different things that you would do, the different ways that you would think about things in order to make that system, that failing system, reliably create that bad result, then it becomes actually quite easy, doesn't it? You know, if I want fewer friends, for instance, then I'll ignore the friends that I've got. Maybe I'll pick arguments with them, forget their birthday. You can do a nice little brainstorm and very quickly come up with a range of different activities or ways of thinking about those people, which are going to reliably ensure that you get fewer friends out of it. 
If I wanted to build a system to gain weight, then again, a little brainstorm would ensure that, I don't know, I don't exercise. I might tell myself to uh, eat less vegetables, replace them with things like chocolate, um, have lots of takeaways. So straight away when we start designing systems for failure, everything becomes easier to design than when we're trying to design things for success. If I want to create a, a system for a, a worse relationship, then, you know, I would, you know, a little brainstorm there, like never say nice things to your partner um, never thank them for the things that they add to the relationship and um, spend less time with them, uh, pick arguments and fights and insult them. All of these things would reliably create a much, much worse relationship. And so when we start designing systems and have them designed to fail, there's a real ease and even a certain fun, a certain humour in creating those failing systems. It lacks all the tight energy and tension of creating a system that's designed to work. And yet when we design systems designed to fail, we have fun doing it and it still leads us to a point where we get a system that succeeds. Because all we need to do is to build that failing system and then flip it. So if in my system to gain weight, it's do no exercise, then I simply flip that and I know that part of my system for success is the opposite. I need to build in some exercise. If one of them was to say, eat fewer vegetables, well, on the flip side, it would be increase the amount of vegetables you eat. If my system for a worse relationship is to never appreciate my partner or say nice things to them, then a system for success is make sure you build in saying nice things to them. And so if everything is a system that we can create, and if even sometimes it feels like we're more skilled at creating systems that don't work for us, well, good. Let's use that as a resource because it's a lot more fun and a lot more easy going to brainstorm these things that will inevitably lead to failure. And then once we have that list, in order to get to a system that brings success, for the most part, all we really need to do is to flip that. And so this is my system flip method, basically. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the task of creating a system that is going to be successful, and you think, oh God, how, how, how do I do that? And you freeze up. Just do the opposite. Create yourself a system that is guaranteed to fail. And it'll be a much more fun task. And yet it still leads you to the same place because once you've created the system that's designed to fail, you just need to flip it and do the opposite of those things to get you to the thing that you really want. You see... Whenever you have an outcome that is repeated, it must be the result of a system. And if the outcome is something that you don't want, then by flipping that system, by analysing what that system might be, and simply doing the opposite, is really likely to lead you to the place where you do want. And it's certainly a good start, isn't it?
And so if you like this idea of the system flip method, please share the episode with others so they can get the benefits as well. You can work with me directly, of course. I'm Alan Parry. You can find me at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And please subscribe to the podcast because it's completely free. You'll never miss an episode again. And there is a new one out every day. So thanks for listening. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another one.